It's can you believe we're already a month into the year? I can't. Yeah. My it's not, goodness. It's not it's not snowing yet either. Well, we we're like a month and how many hours into a safe February now? <laughs> just wait. We're about this, to get absolutely destroyed by the, the winter storm. I'm fucking terrified. Nine years of this shit, dude. Nine years of this shit. <laughs> Nine years of me asking myself, why do I live here? And then June rolls around and goes, yeah, this remember is- me? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hello, and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing tonight? I almost made it through an intro without chuckling, without giggling. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it, and and then it was literally like, it was literally like five seconds before you were done, I it popped in my head, and I went, God damn it! And then I saw like I opened up a browser and saw a tiger on Google, and like for some reason that was it, that was the straw. I was like, okay, (laughs) that's odd. (laughs) That's real odd, but that works, I guess. Yep. (laughs) So that's how I am. Uh, all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just enjoying uh, another cold night in Chicago. Bunkered Which, down before the fucking storm hits. Yeah. But, you know, Chicago is also where the movie Love Jones is set. The majority of the movie is set. Um, in the, and that is the movie that we watched this week. You um, damn right it is. So, how many fucking rom coms does that make now that are in Chicago? Like, I'd lot. be curious. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. But this one, uh, we got more of the South Side feel to it. So, I dug that. I um, did too. And uh, one thing I will say is that I love like South Side, like living establishments like the the houses slash apartments like lofts that they lived in oh yeah yeah yeah. those are so like i I don't know what it is i I love how spacious and like cool looking they are you know what i mean it's just i'm jealous of of south side houses because in the north side it's just it's a lot of apartment buildings yeah there are a shit ton of apartment buildings up here it's it's it gets old like the towers and everything i Mm -hmm. I say awkwardly as i actually live in one (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, um but i mean like just like looking around in terms of like the feel of the neighborhoods and everything it's definitely a different vibe and having towers 
all over the place on the shoreline up here. And then all of those like larger multi-unit complexes deeper into like Lincoln Park and Lakeview and even up north, even in like Rogers Park and everything. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's so much density. Yeah. That you you lose that like, you know, like a fucking neighborhood feel. Yeah, you lose the semblance of space. Yeah. Um, the room to think a little bit. But at the same time, there is something for like being able to go out and feel like everything is just around the corner. Well, of course. I mean, that's... And that's the trade-off. Because coming from Oregon, we know we're, we're no stranger to space. There's a lot of space in Oregon. Especially uh, yeah. the places where we come from. Oh my god. And yeah. so living in a place like going from somewhere where I had to drive to go anywhere in Oregon and you have to like drive to to do anything or shop or whatever. And now in Chicago you can literally walk a block and do ten things. Yeah. Ten different things in a, within a block radius. You know. It's, remember remember having to get in a car to literally do anything? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, anything outside of your house or your apartment or whatever, you got to get in a car. You got to go run errands of any kind, get in a car. I remember uh, when I lived in the last house I lived in before I moved from Oregon to Chicago, um, there was a McDonald's that was literally like about... 0.2 miles from the house it was literally just there's the intersection and then the like drive and then you drive and you still drove and then, yeah basically guy <laughs> got, got get because the they're drive-thrus they're not through, exactly drive through the drive-thru get my food and immediately drive back to the house and eat it at home that was that was the move if i decided yep. i wanted some mcdonald's yep. It was like, yep. I'll be back in five minutes and I will get in my car, go get McDonald's in the drive-thru, park my car again, and then watch whatever I was watching. So that reminds me of like, the have we told the have we told the Taco Bell story on this podcast? Oh, the one where, uh, <laughs> I think we I have. I think we like a long time ago. Um that just that just reminded me of of yeah. driving like the biggest city that we lived in. I mean, I guess you lived outside of Portland technically, but yeah, like the biggest city that you and I lived in together in Oregon that was quote unquote the second biggest city in Oregon. We literally, I drove you in the bed of your own truck to Taco Bell. Like yeah. we we were so hung over that you think walking a few blocks to Taco Bell would be doable. That wasn't a few blocks though. That was like a, a solid mile and a half. Was it really? Dog, it was all the way down 11th. Like that particular Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm like, remembering it's so much closer to campus. No, not at all. Oh, like wow. we had to drive okay. all the way down because, <laughs> like, I feel yeah, like there were a lot of nights that I walked there anyway. <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> so drunk me thought it was a lot closer then. 
Drunk well, me back then did not give two shits about walking all the way down 11th. Well, like, at the same time, if you were drinking downtown, then walking to that Taco Bell wasn't that far of a walk. Mm, mm, mm. That could Eugene. be it. That could be it. So, I mean, I was I rarely, I rarely drink downtown, but I think I was mostly drinking on campus when I stumbled over that Taco Bell. And I guess now yeah. I realize in my memory, it's not stumbling. It's like, you know, a very slow marathon. Yeah, fuck. I remember like almost sprinting from the downtown bars to Rennie's on my 21st birthday. Oh, Jesus. I literally jog slash ran that whole way. Like that's how, that's what kind of shape you're in it when you're 21 you don't uh, exercise that frequently and you can fucking run 10 to 15 blocks almost blackout drunk to make sure you get your last 21st birthday drink which at in eugene every first drink was free at whatever bar you went into and geez, so yeah. then so then the smart idea becomes or i was told by someone on my 21st birthday your id is a golden ticket to a free drink no matter what bar you enter and so basically we decided the smart idea was for me to go to every bar within a, like the i mean absolutely and get a free drink and move on to another bar absolutely and and then like 15 bars later <laughs> i then decided to try to like realize Rennie's was about to close and I hadn't gotten a free Rennie's lemonade yet. So I ran to Rennie's. Oh, Rennie's lemonade. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they let me in or not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm you sure. know what? I, I'm vaguely remembering something about that. I don't know if it was the exact same thing or if it was even you now that I'm thinking about it, but I do remember yeah. one of my friends not being let into Rennie's for something I want to say similar to that. Like he'd been to too many bars already and the other bars yeah. had already like called ahead or something. I think they, I think I got into Rennie's with the promise that I didn't as long that if I puked in there, that one of my friends that I was with, had to clean it up oh yeah that is so fucking true i remember that completely now yep <laughs> yeah and it's because like as i was climbing up the stairs i like leaned back and like i had to be like held up to be put, like kind of pushed back up the stairs sort of thing <laughs> so like i was as i was walking up the stairs i was leaned back too far and so just like the guy was just like looking at me sideways and it's like it's his 21st and he just wants to get it ready's lemonade and bounce. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> all right, if he pukes in there, you have to clean it up. Okay. And then I got my ready's lemonade and I downed it in like two or three gulps. Jesus. And then and then I lived on campus because I was an RA at the time. So then Role model. Uh, Role model. Yes. Um at one point I walked to the tree on the University of Oregon campus that is all the way down, like has pine needles all the way down to the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then there's like a, this tiny hole on the side of it. 
and I walked into that hole all the way down to the trunk of the tree and took a piss on the trunk of the tree. Oh, that's a great <laughs> spot to piss. Because, like, you're completely hidden, too. So no oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, just straight up, just took a piss on the tree in the middle of, the, of campus. And then I somehow got to my room um, and survived. Because, Jesus, man. <laughs> because uh, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. And As we, we see throughout know. this movie. I was about to say, we don't know the ages of uh, Nina and Darius, but their choices when it comes to love makes it feel like they are like in their 20s, like in their younger 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like like almost like mid 20s where they're like almost ready for real substantial love and a real substantial relationship. But at the same time, there's still immaturity that they have to get over. Yeah. And we can talk about that within this here as we go into the film. Let's talk about the stats of it. Um, so Love Jones is a 1997 American romantic. They call it drama film here, but I mean, it's, it's got some funny moments. Um, it is written and directed by Theodore Witcher in his feature film debut. Uh, Theodore Witcher has not directed another film since. It's a, uh, a cool ass name, though. Yeah. It stars Lorenz Tate as Darius Lovehall, uh, Nia Long as Nina, uh, I forget her last name, uh, Isaiah Washington, Bill Bellamy, and Lisa Nicole Carson. Um, the movie is 108 minutes long. It was released. On March 14th of 1997. Uh, but we're here talking about it on, you know, the beginning of Black History Month. Hey. Um, how much do you think it costs to make this film? Mm, 1997. I'm going to say 10 million. That is approximately the budget. 10 million. Really? Yes. Really? I finally got yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. 105, well, that... 10 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're on like episode 109, I believe. So. God damn. Uh, yeah. The, uh, that's the approximate box off or approximate budget there. Um, how much did it make at the box office worldwide? Fifty million. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and uh, open that up. I'm guessing the, that was not the tone for correctness. <laughs> that was the answer. Uh, no, the answer is uh, twelve million seven hundred and eighty-two thousand seven hundred forty-nine dollars. So I just made it back. Yeah, but not taking into account marketing and such, probably lost money. Um, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, although the movie received favorable critical reviews, it was not a financial success. It has, however, a cult following for its realistic characters and unorthodox take on the romance genre. 
Hmm. And there was a little bit of a clue in that, but Rotten Tomatoes only has 15 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, but there is a score. Only 15, huh? Yeah. I kind of would have expected more. All right, let's yeah, hear it. Let's hear too. Well, would you like to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes oh, score is? Oh, right, right, right. Um, 65%. It is 73%. Nice. So technically fresh. Uh, and then the audience score out of 25,000 plus ratings is 97%. Wow. So if someone has watched it, they have liked it. And like it has decided to say something about it. So. Um, there's no general synopsis or anything like that. So. Uh, we'll just go straight into the critics. Uh, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly, considered a top critic. Uh, this is considered a uh, positive review. It's a B minus review from him. Uh, he wrote, even when the plot sags, the erotic moodiness of Love Jones remains fresh. Mm. That's that's a solid review. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, let's see. The only negative review that has an actual blurb to read is from Philip Martin of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Uh, it gave it a C minus and wrote love Jones strives to be smart and sophisticated, which isn't exactly the same thing as intelligent. Interesting. I feel like he tried to write something smart and sophisticated and didn't come off very intelligent for <laughs> that review. Uh, and then we'll go with Roger Ebert, who gave it three out of four stars. And he wrote uh, in, from the Chicago Sun-Times, so he knows Chicago. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but he wrote, it is also frankly romantic and erotic and smart. This is the first movie in a while where the guy quotes Mozart and the girl tells him he's really thinking of Shaw. <laughs> so he references that part of the movie. Um, but there's a, another blurb from that uh, that review that I wanted to bring up. Give me one second. Um, and <laughs> he wrote, there's also a bow to the unconventional in the ending of his of this film. Uh, many love stories contrive to get their characters together at the end. This one contrives not to keep them apart, but to bring them to a bittersweet awareness that is above simple love. Some audience members would probably prefer a romantic embrace in the sunset as the music swells, but Love Jones is too smart for that. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, that I like. Yeah. This movie. So this movie, um, it, 
I've I've mentioned before my mom's affinity for African American rom coms. Um, mm-hmm. She she I don't know if she sought them out or if she just like or what the case may be, but she seemed to watch a lot of a lot of the African American rom coms that would come out, um, and this was one of them. Uh, and I remember when this film came out in theaters and I believe it was just one of those, one of the many films where instead of getting a babysitter, my mom just brought me with her in parental guidance sort of thing. And I think my sister Rebecca as well. And the three of us, you know, would watch a movie together. Um, that was usually the, the thing. It was my sister Rebecca and myself and mom. And instead of getting a babysitter or having Rebecca just watch me while my mom went and got watched the movie alone, the three of us would go to the movie theater. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a solid fucking babysitter. Like that's the thing. Like it was just it, it was one of those things where you know my mom being a single mother and we didn't have a lot of money, so you know when it was like you want to go to the movies, yeah, okay, well, you know. We sometimes it would be, you know, my choice. Sometimes it'd be my sister Rebecca's choice, and sometimes it'd be my mom's choice. Where it's like, well, we're gonna watch this, but we're gonna go to the movie theater, so you know, you can go get some popcorn and some soda and watch a movie. And, right. You know, and just like, so then it was just like, all right, fuck it, I'll go. Like, I'm going to the movie theater. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like what would happen in my childhood. So that's that's kind of somehow sometimes how my affinity for rom-coms happened because i caught some of these rom-coms real young you know by not necessarily by choice but i would say this is where you're something this is an example of your mom doing right by you like this is this is (laughs) early education as long as you grow up understanding that rom-coms are not wholly realistic and you're you're not like in a fairy tale land your entire adulthood. I feel like being raised on rom-coms as kind of a mirror for reality to a point is a great thing to do as a parent. Like of all movies she could have picked, of all genres, I mean it's like she could have raised you on fucking Terminator and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could have been like Alienator, you know. Or the the time when my dad went and saw uh, conspiracy theory, the same that also came out in ninety seven. Um, that sounds. I've told, I've told you that story. Yeah, uh, it was a Mel Gibson film where Mel Gibson is a uh, crackpot cab driver who keeps bugging and stalking this uh, female uh, FBI detective played by Julia Roberts. Um, and telling her that there's a government conspiracy and then the government actually kidnaps him and tortures him. Uh, <laughs> and then, and as I'm watching the torture scene, which is, uh, Mel Gibson being tied to a wheelchair and then leaned back into water and drowned and like getting drowned in this very odd scene. Jesus. Uh, as a, as a nine-year-old, my dad leans over to me and whispers, you see that son? The government did the same thing to me. 
What? There's a reason I don't talk to my dad anymore. Was he, um, so. was he, was he, was he, was he, be, well, hey, there is, oh my God, there are so many questions, I don't even know where to start, my brain is just tripping over itself. We I just don't need to dive in any further. We don't, we don't, yeah. Nope, we'll just leave it where it lies. Just leave uh, it, leave but that shit. As you said, going to your point, rom-coms and rom-droms like Love Drones are probably, even though there is a, you know, a very explicit sex scene where you see oh yeah this was an exception yeah yeah like i mean even then it's just i mean that's natural that's that's more natural than seeing a guy getting (laughs) tortured in water (laughs) a little bit yeah a little bit a little bit um (laughs) but uh so you hadn't seen this movie before correct no no i never seen had you ever heard of it i don't think i had heard of it no Gotcha. What were your thoughts of about the film as far as what you saw today and and everything? I I agreed with the first of those reviews, I think the most, or I related to it the most, I should say. Because it was definitely it definitely felt like it was a unique spin on the genre, which I liked and I was pleasantly surprised by. Um mm-hmm. I fucking dug the soundtrack. The like I definitely don't mind me some fucking jazz. So mm-hmm. if you ask me, rom-coms need more of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this had a lot of it. And I was just very happy about that. That and also some fantastic 90s R&B. Hopeless is a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. That's the song at the very beginning with um, and then the sweetest thing, which is played at the end of the movie with the, during the credits by Lauren Helm. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic song. Um, yeah, the uh, you can find the Love Jones soundtrack, I believe, on Spotify. It's 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 worth. Oh, I I don't doubt it. Oh, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to look for that now? Or is Joe Rogan gonna stop us? <laughs> I I mean. I it's not that Joe Rogan is trying to stop us. It's that everyone's trying to take a moral ground about Joe Rogan, uh, whatever. Yeah. This is not the platform. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, um, so yeah, as far as you know, I hadn't seen this movie in a while, but I had seen it multiple times. Um, and I just, every time I'm always, pleasantly surprised by the conversations that are had by the friends just the yeah there is a lot of good dialogue yeah yeah and it was like and it felt almost it felt improv it felt like a lot of it was improv because like there'd be these because like it seemed like every scene would end with some sort of with someone laughing because of a joke that was said at the end Yep, and it was like it almost as if they weren't expecting the joke to happen. It le- it certainly so, seemed natural. It all felt like their interactions with one another was very, very realistic, very natural looking, mm-hmm. feeling, sounding. Yeah, and they all, all the friends were cool except for one of them. 
And even yeah, then, what he was dick. still funny. Yeah. But he was a dick. <laughs> hey, what the uh, shit, dude? Come on. <laughs> fucking Hollywood. Played by Bill Bellamy. MTV VJ. Bill Bellamy. And stand-up comedian. Um, but... T- TV yeah. VJ? MTV. Oh. So you didn't grow up watching MTV. Yeah. I didn't, no. See, my sister Rebecca and I, we watched our MTV, which is a podcast that we actually have called We Watched Our MTV on Spotify exclusively. Uh, and so that's the, uh, we, that's the best segue you've done in a bit. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, we're, basically in that podcast, my sister and I uh, choose a month and a year from what we call the MTV generation, which is from when MTV started in August of 81, all the way to when Carson Daly left TRL in uh, September of 2003. And we choose three songs each from a month and a year that we like the most off of the Billboard Top 100. Um, but then we you know, talk about our experiences with those songs, which usually involves the videos because we watched MTV all the time. Um, and Bill Bellamy was one of the more popular VJs along with like, at the time he was popular, which was like the early 90s and mid 90s. You know, there's like Daisy Fuentes, Dan Cortez, those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually found fame initially as an MTV VJ and then started breaking off. But he was like a comedian, which is kind of how he got found. And then kind of broke off into acting. So at this point, people knew who he was from MTV and didn't realize that he could actually act. And so his performance in this film is top-notch villain villainy i would say but like yeah fucking smooth criminal about it like he was still somewhat likable even though he was not likable at the end he still uh, he had a smoothness to him he did and like and also just that was the thing where it i feel like this movie in a lot of its choices Going all the way back to our very first movie that we reviewed, Pitch, it goes 90 with a lot of its choices and allows us to make the 10. So, like in the case of... Hitch, in the still case, teaching us lessons. Yeah, exactly. But in the case of, like, Wood or Hollywood, you know, Bill Bellamy's character, like, they... Like, it's obvious that he's jealous of Darius and Darius's, like, talent and ability and you know also just jealous of him having nina that yeah you know so then it was like they're gonna 90 percent push that jealousy but they didn't like push it all the way to where he did like you know like some fucked up shit like fuck darius and like they like they never got in like the big old fight there's never like the, right. the table flipping you know arm wrestling whatever the fuck the most physical contact they have is the bumping of shoulders then yeah. and also the most comeuppance that wood runs into is that he slowly falls out of that group of friends and he's no longer sitting at the table with them he's sitting alone you know and and, which, that, and he just slowly fades away from the group of friends which is which is real which is much more authentic and, yeah i was gonna and, say that's a very authentic view to take on from a rom-com perspective like that's pretty realistic 
Yeah, because because a lot of times it's they're gonna go for the big cinematic like fight, you know, and and so on and so forth. And right, and, right, you know, like I think of Pretty Woman when Jason Alexander's character is you know has or gets beat up by Richard Gere. Um, right, when he tries right. To, when he tries I, to rape Julia Roberts, and I and I feel like. Rom-coms taught me that. Like I grew up thinking that, oh, it takes these, not only takes these big gestures to win a girl over, but then in order to keep her, I got to be prepared to like immediately get in a verbal fucking altercation with everyone, if not a physical one. (laughs) And so it's, it's nice to see that not represented in a rom-com for once. And then on top of that, you know, I like that the ball, like the ballsy move from Darius, where he takes the address from the check. Oh and, yeah, Jesus, dude! And then and shows up at her place, and it's just like that. I mean that, as I said, it's ballsy that he that that's the first move. Like, but then he goes there and he gets a date. And he immediately bounces out. He doesn't like try to like, oh, well, I'm in her house. Like maybe I'm going to make a move now. Maybe. Or, you know, now that I'm in her house, like maybe she, she like sort of succumbs to my charm and like they, they kiss or they make out or instead this movie slow plays it just gets the date. And it even takes a little more coaxing of, you know, I don't want to keep bringing CDs over here. Come on, just one, just like come hang out with my friends tonight tomorrow, and I'll come pick you up and whatever. And it, you know, it definitely doesn't slow play it after the date, though. My God. <laughs> well, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, it, as he just, he just as wants Nina, to come in and talk. Yeah, <laughs> I love that he fucking immediately laughed when he said that, and so did she because they knew that he was lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and and she and she let him right on in. <laughs> it's like, and hey, I, we both we're on the same page. Let's do it. <laughs> she she just wanted to talk as well. And according to according to what she said in that cab the next day, there were you know his his penis did some talking to her. So <laughs> <laughs> said Nina. <laughs> oh man, just. <laughs> you know just that's what i'm saying it it it's slow it, it it literally pushed everything up to the limit of where you would go with the rom-com and then instead of pushing it over the cliff and doing the doing what everyone expects like you see it coming and then it just stopped it was like we'll let you finish we'll let you go ahead and finish the painting you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it, it was and, and and like it was like they created a puzzle and then they left like the last three pieces for you to go ahead and fill in. It was just <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like this is easy and I know exactly where these go. And look at that. It's a beautiful picture. OK, that's cool. You know, and I, it, I just it, you don't you, like not a lot of movies feel that way and not a lot of movies do that. It definitely had a more seductive pace to it than a lot of other mm-hmm. rom-coms. Um, 
at times that came off as a very slow pace, but not in an obvious way. It was just, I would say overall, it was a nice, easy going, slow pace. But then there were moments like that where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to give you some of the picture, most of the picture, but then we're going to let you slowly fill in whatever the hell you want in those blanks. That extra 10%, those three pieces of the puzzle. Like it had a, it had a, it had a seductive pace to it. It was nice in that respect. I agree. Um, you know, we've, you know, we haven't necessarily talked explicitly about the relationship between Nina and Darius. Yeah. Like, theirs is a love that's very obvious. Like, it's, there's never a question that they loved each other, were in love with each other, and that this was a, a the real thing, quote unquote. It was just a matter of could they be in a position to accept it. Um, yeah, which I mean, she even points out early on. That's what creates the whole uh, rift between them. Eventually, is that mm-hmm. she has to go figure out if she's still in love with her ex. Yep, there's that. Um, and then on top of that, there's, you know, what Ed says toward the end of the film when Nina and Darius have their breakup, uh, before she goes to New York, which is Um, what again? Well, Ed is the one on the beach there Ed basically says, you know, physics is eight, but it's love like this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like. And basically, you know, love is what you make of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and so, you know, that's, that's the lesson that everyone has to learn as an adult, like that we're initially taught with through Rob Combs and through media that you fall in love. It's this ephemeral, you know, thing that just takes over and you immediately know, you just know, you know, right. Right. It's take and you're in love and it's, and it never goes away. You live happily ever after. And then, but then you grow up and you realize, no, actually love is something that you quote unquote work at. And then you're just like, well, how do you work at it? What's, what is this work that we're talking about? And the fact of the matter is this work that is discussed as far as what love is, it's a matter of, it's a matter of recognizing it, accepting it. And basically working like working toward it um you know work 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 (laughs) Um, she's pregnant now she is congrats to asap rocky he is going to have he's gonna always have he's gonna have a lot of millennials fantasies is what he's gonna have (laughs) he's gonna like well he already is made money through his own, you know, musical, you know, career, but she's a billionaire. <laughs> so he just like, he, like he, he hit the lotto. Yeah. <laughs> it was, 
he basically hit the lotto where Stedman did <laughs> Stedman <laughs> didn't get Oprah pregnant, but ASAP Rocky got Rihanna pregnant. <laughs> no, but nonetheless, <laughs> but you know what I mean as far as like the whole recognizing love and working toward love throughout. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's being able to put away the, the petty immature shit of like, you know, when initially he's, you know, Darius is like, Oh, this is just a casual thing. I'm a thief in the night. You know what I mean? Right. I, right. I, you know, I get it. I hit ass and I get out. You know what I mean? Like, it, like that whole pride thing, that whole, you know, it, what, what you seem, what you look like, everything else. You have to learn how to give that away and basically be vulnerable to love. Like, it just be like, look, no, no, I'm, I'm whipped. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, you just, you just have to accept that, you know, you have to, accept yourself into it you have to let yourself fall into it that's why it's called falling in love because you don't do it Mm -hmm. fucking gracefully you don't Mm -hmm. tiptoe your ass into love you fall Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be pretty and it's not always going to be fun it's going to be terrifying it's you're going to tumble and topple all the way down Mm -hmm. but it's it's worth it exactly it's it's worth it is it worth it let me work it i put my hands <laughs> on the <reverse> <laughs> <laughs> dude i so, can't wait for the halftime show this year honestly it's just all of this talk about like nineties and yeah. I know nineties and two thousands music is just it's bringing me back. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of that halftime show. Yeah, the Super Bowl is gonna be good. I'm I'm excited for the Super Bowl this year. Um, but nonetheless, so as far as you know, yeah, I I just like that they had to kind of recognize it and and it was very authentic once again where they had to recognize it want it and and then it led to the final scene which is also the kiss of the film in my opinion it's which is the kiss in the rain yeah we but have a we have a f- fresh new appearance of a chin kiss yeah which I had I hadn't seen before, but was impressed by. Um, I dug it. I dug it. The thing, but you know, the movie or the there's two things I mentioned in this film that I love the most, and that I carry with me from this film. One of my favorite musical montages in film, just in general, mm. just in just in all of film, is when they play in a sentimental mood. When, mm-hmm. uh, when they dance, and then it shows their relationship, like progressing, and they're like running through the park, and mm-hmm. um, and they're at the sanctuary a bunch, and all that sort of stuff. 
I love that montage. And the other thing is one of the best goddamn lines happens toward the very end of this film. And that's when <laughs> Darius tells her, I love you. And that's urgent as a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that that's line, line is so good. <laughs> oh, God. And then that per- and that proceeds their big old kiss. And the fact that when she says, I love you back to him, there's no audio, but you see her say it. And oh, yeah. Which is an interesting choice. I dig that. I, I just dig the choice. I don't know, you know, if it's supposed to mean something extra, but I just, I, I like the choice, but it just overall, uh, I give it an A. I, I love that kiss. Well, and they didn't kiss in the, the rain. The lines to it. They were in the rain. They were, they were under what the L tracks. No, they were, <laughs> they under were, they were in the rain ish. Metro yeah. tracks. They were uh, in You couldn't notebook that shit? Come on. I guess notebook no. wasn't out yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a fantastic kiss. The context is great. Um, the lead up to it is great. Um, it definitely beats the their first kiss where he goes in a little too hot and heavy and she has to kind of reel it back in um i'd i'd give it a i'd give it a solid b plus yeah it's a good it's a good kiss yeah um i mean as far as what happens after or after i think unfortunately i think darius moves to new york to be with nina is that think, unfortunate? Yes, because Chicago's better than New York. Oh, well, for, yeah, for that reason, it's totally unfortunate. What the fuck, dude? You guys, yeah. what are you doing? Fuck New York. But, I mean, I think there's more photography opportunities in New York at that time, especially, than, and, and I mean, and it's easy to write in New York. True, true. And be a writer true, in New York. So. Very good. Very good point. Very good point. But, but yeah. fuck New York. But yeah, Chicago's better. Fuck Chicago's y'all. better. <laughs> Just take your high um, horse and walk it the fuck out. <laughs> as far as the verdict for the film, um, just get straight into that. I, I personally marry it. I've seen it multiple times. I love this film. There's a couple things that I still carry with me. As I mentioned, I, I dig the hell out of this. It's a Mary for me. I mean, yeah, at this point you kind of have to marry it, right? <laughs> what about you? Uh, for me, I think this is definitely a fuck. Like this is definitely worth the watch. It's, it's one of those rom-coms. If you know, going in, well, even if you don't, I didn't know going in, but if you know, going in, like, that you're up for a different pace, a different vibe, mm-hmm. and that it's not like, you know, you know that it's a different type of the genre. You're not going in for a Hallmark movie type of rom-com or anything. As long as you go in with open-minded expectations in that respect, 
it's definitely worth the watch. It, the pace is, is good once you settle into it. The music's good. The music's fantastic. There's yeah. some good relatable life lessons in there. Um, I mean, I, I personally, it was a little long for me. I, I know I mentioned the pace, but mm-hmm. I would cut it down or like, I don't know. It was a different, it was a different type of movie. So I was looking for a little bit more of a, an energe- energetic finale or climax or some sort of, you know, scale up in climactic energy and then, you know, scale back down. But that's, it's not like I walked away feeling like I was missing out for not having those. So it works. I'd give it a solid fuck. So there you go. So it's a marry for me, a fuck for him, and we move on. So uh, you can find our socials. Um, on Instagram, you can find the show at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, and that's all one word together, Bromancing the Stone Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and that's B R O T H E S T O N E P O D. And then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so that's S U P R Market Sweep. And then you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88, and that's R E L U S A 8. And I already mentioned the other podcasts I have and then Max on Instagram. You can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T H E period L Y O N A G A R T E D. There we go. And then we have a little bit of an announcement for everyone. I do. Uh, so we've done, this is episode one Oh nine. Um, we've done a lot of episodes over the last two and a half. 109 years. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> uh and quite frankly when it is like we've watched all the rom-coms that we know of and like or that we've heard of um, <laughs> so now we're we're basically getting down to like ones that we've kind of heard of or that we just haven't seen before and quite frankly it becomes a little tougher to find the you know, the, the the motivation to watch a rom-com that you don't know about. And also, shit is picking back up again. Life's getting a little busier. Like, you know, it's it's a lot to... It's I a mean, commitment. We got we to gotta carve away a commitment for this every week. Max is, you know, in a relationship. We, we, we heard from Gabby a few episodes ago fantastic woman um so you know got to spend time there so (laughs) we've decided to move the schedule to every two weeks for the podcast so uh we are coming out with this episode uh here on the first slash second um and the next episode will come out on valentine's day um and then is it actually? The one, oh yeah, it is Valentine's Day. Is Monday? Yeah. Yeah, it will be that Monday, and then, uh, and then after that one, you know, on the twenty eighth will be the next episode, and so on and so forth. So we'll still be choosing Rob Gobs the same way, and everything else. It's just we're going to be coming out every two weeks. Um, so, you know, if you're missing us, you have 
over 108 episodes to re-listen to. So that's true. That's very true. So I feel like we've given quite a good pool to choose from here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, to, you know, we we know the tens and tens of listeners <laughs> will will find a way to 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 be okay with. It's gonna be okay, guys. It's gonna yeah. be okay. But yeah, we're we're still here. We're still we're still moving. Um, so with that being said, our next episode being Valentine's Day, uh, we decided to do a joint uh, choice. <laughs> joint. Because uh, my choice, <laughs> yeah, my choice was Love Jones. Um, we decided to do something a little special. So with Valentine's Day, we try to do something special each Valentine's Day episode ish. Um, the very first one we did Valentine's Day. Or, or the, oh yeah. Yeah, Day yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the and then last year, uh, Netflix came out with the third and final installment of the to All the Boys of Love Before series. Oh, I forgot we weekend. did that for Valentine's. So we did the whole trilogy leading leading up to that. Um, this year there wasn't really anything like specifically special that was popping up until recently I started seeing commercials during like, uh, um, it was oddly while I was watching pro wrestling on Saturday, uh, I was watching. <laughs> That's when you saw I it. Watching, I was watching the Royal rebel on Peacock and Peacock is, you know, run by NBC and universal and universal has a, rom-com coming out on valentine's weekend that's going to be in theaters and streaming on peacock premium and the movie stars jennifer lopez and owen wilson and it's called marry me i i I know this is going to be awful (laughs) but part of me is also so fucking happy this is happening because it's like oh shit it's two people we're familiar with on the podcast and we yep. get to watch a movie live as it comes out. Yes. Without going to the so, theater. Yes, exactly. So that's the movie we're going to watch. We're going to watch Marry Me the weekend that it comes out. And then we'll have a review on Valentine's Day for you. So you can decide if you want to watch it as well or not. Um, or, you know, watch it over as it comes out over the weekend. And we can all kind of talk about it together so that that's gonna is be fun the next one it's gonna be fun it'll be it will be a good time so that'll be it that'll be one definitely to drink during or smoke during or whatever your poison is <laughs> like that's <laughs> for sure uh but until then uh for the tens and tens of listeners we love y'all and we thank you for listening and we will catch you on valentine's day love you guys